Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. After having seen what happened in the movies, this small-town mayor on Cape Cod wasn't going to take any chances. You might remember the movie released in 1975, where a small coastal town in the Northeast terrorized, and people die while the mayor insists there's no problem at all. That movie, of course, was Jaws, which was a work of fiction, until Saturday when lifeguards at the Race Point Beach in Provincetown, Massachusetts, spotted a real great white shark lurking along shore, and then the mayor said, no one swims. <laughs> Quickly, get out of the water. And if you're wondering how that works, it's kind of like lightning. No swimming until an hour after the last shark sighting. I did not know how that works, Cliff. <laughs> I don't think that's long enough. <laughs> I don't think so either. If I, if I hear that report, well, I'm not going to be at the beach anyway. What am I kidding? I'm not, I'm not even going to be close to it. Would you go back in an hour later, Cliff? No. <laughs> you don't trust that the shark is like on our time? Eh, it's been an hour. I got to go. Huh? Yeah. No, I, I don't. No. Because <laughs> as soon as he hears the splashing in the water, they're coming right back. That might be the time to eat, yes. Yeah. Well, Cliff, if my math is right, I have walked outside my house thousands yeah. of times in my lifetime to get in my car when it's dark to come to work. Yes. If my math is right. And yes. today was mm-hmm. the first time I've ever in my life walked out to my car in fear of a black bear being sitting there by my car. I literally snuck out to my car this morning like a rocket man and jumped in the front seat. Had he been in there, yeah, it would have been on like Donkey Kong and I'd be dead. That's, that's the way it would be right now. That's the yeah. first time ever, Cliff. I'm, I was walking to my car at a brisk pace thinking, I know for a fact that black bear has walked through my backyard on his way to Elberfeld. I just knew that he had been. <laughs> if I had heard yeah. this sound similar to this, like, you know, yeah. like a bear's, you know, sniffing around in the air out there, I don't yeah. know what I would have done. I'd have took off running. I know you're not supposed to. I know that's the worst thing to do, they say, if you're confronted with a bear is to take off running because he thinks it's a game. Uh-huh. But being the smart thing to do and being what you're going to do is I'm going to run, Cliff. I'm just going to take off running. I'm not going to climb a tree. Uh-huh. That's a lot of effort. And I'm not real sure of the running, but if it's life endangerment, I probably will run. Did yeah. you have any fear of that this morning, Cliff, when you got up? Uh, I did not, actually. So no, it didn't even cross my mind, come to think of it. A black bear is in the area, and it doesn't even cross your mind that he could be outside. But, minute, but I live in the middle of Princeton. You know what I'm saying? And and even, and I know people who live in Princeton are familiar with the Spring Street Curve. That's kind of a rural area of town. The worst thing you see there is a, a deer or two. You got to be careful for that in the dark. But there's no bear out there. <laughs> well, where I live, Cliff... Yeah. I was thinking it was like a 75% chance there was a bear out there this morning. <laughs> I think you're just overreacting. I may be, but I don't want to yes. confront a bear. Now, I don't want Yogi the bear out in front of my front yard. <laughs> it was more than the average bear. That's right. We did said that revenge is a dish best served cold, and sometimes in the restaurant business, there's no way to send that plate back to the kitchen. 
It's a story about a woman named Julia Stewart who got bitten by the food service bug at an early age, nabbing a job as a waitress at IHOP when she was 17. She later earned a degree in business from San Diego State University and right before graduation, by happenstance, met a man named Carl of Carl's Jr. restaurant fame and pretty soon he gave her a job. In 1978, she started working as a regional marketing director in Southern California. And two years later, she started climbing the restaurant ladder, taking on more and more responsibility at chain after chain, until eventually in 1991, she became Western Region Vice President for Taco Bell, overseeing more than a thousand company and franchisee-owned restaurants. Until she made the jump from fast food to casual dining. Americans spend a quarter trillion dollars a year in restaurants that are determined to be casual dining. In 1997, she was named president of the U.S. operations for Applebee's and led that chain through some of the best years it ever saw. And just for reference purposes, you might remember the advertising slogan, Eatin' Good in the Neighborhood. She's the one who came up with that. In an interview with Forbes magazine, she said she felt like that job was actually a stepping stone into the CEO position, but when she sat down with then-Chief Lloyd Hill, he said, no, that's just not going to happen. That pretty well left her with nowhere to go in the company, so she just left and became CEO of IHOP, where she first started her restaurant career a quarter century before. And she turned the troubling chain around, doubling the stock price and seeing revenue skyrocket. And now comes the good part. After she left Applebee's, the North American operation floundered. And then she led a bid to buy, uh, for IHOP, to buy Applebee's for $2.1 billion. <laughs> and then she forced that Hill guy to pack his stuff up and retire. <laughs> well, here's a little good news. Bad news, Cliff, at the same good, time. Good news, bad news. Well, uh-huh. Two-thirds okay. of us. Are yeah. very optimistic okay. about what the rest of the year 2021 will hold for all of us. Two thirds. Okay. That's right. the good news, of course. The bad news being, yeah. I guess nobody told these folks about the flying tarantulas that I've been reading about on the internet. That's kind of scary, Cliff, when these <laughs> spiders can fly. <laughs> You've been reading about flying tarantulas? I've been reading about flying spiders, and I just thought, okay. well, we might as well throw the tarantulas in there, too, because there would be nothing more scary than to see a tarantula and then yeah. to see him flip out some wings and take off flying. That would be horrifying, <laughs> Cliff. Would that not be scary? Ooh. Cliff, I read a stat a few days ago that said yeah. about 98% of people have experienced rude behavior at work. 98%. But over okay. the weekend, I was reading this month's Journal of Applied Psychology. Oh, you were? I was, yes. I'm Casual a, reading at home on the weekend. I, I've been a subscriber for about four or five years. And, I, okay. and in that magazine, wow. they did a new study about rudeness at work, and they looked at three main fields, restaurant work, manufacturing, and office workers. Okay. And they found that while about 70% of those workers have experienced rudeness only 16 percent of workplace relationships are actually rude or even toxic so i did okay. a little thinking about this cliff yeah basically the numbers show that rudeness isn't an epidemic like everybody thinks it is at the workplace okay. instead it's a few bad apples 
that are spoiling it for the whole office. The findings said that rude behavior is a lot less like the flu, Cliff, and more like cholera. That's right, <laughs> cholera. <laughs> it's harmful, but far less common, and outbreaks are often traced to yeah. a single source. So there's like a typhoid Annie that's just messing it up for everyone. That's exactly, or, you know, <laughs> cholera Carrie or whatever you want to call it. Yes, Cliff, no. <laughs> messing it up for everybody. Didn't you mention, Cliff, the DNR said this black bear sighting is not to be unexpected? Yes, that's correct. Seriously? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I find it very unexpected, Cliff. I've never in my life ever remember having a black bear running through the tri-state. Have you well, ever I mean, remembered it, that in your life? No. So no, that I would mean, be unexpected. <laughs> but they... You you have to look like I don't know farther than the end of your own property line. I mean, if you if you remember right, twenty years ago, twenty five, no one hardly ever saw any American eagles in the region either. Now, did they? They don't eat me though. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but now but now there's nests all over. It's because efforts are being made to improve the populations of wild animals and keep them from being endangered, including black bears. Well, I feel a little endangered right now, Cliff, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I don't mind the black bears being in eastern Kentucky. I'm okay with that. Tennessee's fine. Southwestern Illinois, to a point's okay with me, too. <laughs> but not in your backyard. Not in my backyard. It's like radioactive material. I don't want it in my neighborhood, Cliff, and it makes me nervous. And oh for them to go, it's not yeah. unexpected. It's very unexpected in Indiana, <laughs> because if you ask anybody in the country... About yeah. Indiana, yeah. no one is going to say they've got black bears. No, they're not. We, we, <laughs> no. We'd some of the most exclusive and expensive property in the country is on New York's Long Island in an area known as the Hamptons. It's long been a playground for the rich and famous, but there's a problem there. A dark and stinky problem, best told by the Morning Roadshow Department of Just in Time for Breakfast. It's existed for years. No one really paid a lot of attention to it, but things really overflowed when the rich folks of New York City escaped to their second homes on Long Island to ride out the COVID pandemic. The existing sanitation infrastructure was already at a breaking point, and many of those multi-multi-million dollar homes aren't hooked to the sewage system anyway because basically it doesn't exist. They all just use an underground septic tank, and really all you have to do is ask Weed what happens to those when they fill with poop. That's right, the fanciest neighborhood in the country has nothing more for a sewage system than what you find at Weed's house. And apparently those rich folks don't know anything about pumping that crap because there's continuous overflows and leaks into groundwater and now Southampton has the most polluted water in New York State. Well, I can say this, Cliff. I don't know a lot about septic systems even today. Yeah. But 40 years between pump outs is a touch long. <laughs> I do know that. That's what the guy just said. A, just a tad. He said, you know, take a look in this hole. And I'm like, I don't want to look in that hole. But he made me <laughs> He made me look, Cliff. And he said, don't maybe come back to this again. I said, I don't think I'm going to be here in 40 years. <laughs> well, Sunday is the 4th of July. I had to look at the calendar twice, Cliff, to make sure that I was reading that right. That kind of snuck yeah. up on us this year. It, it, it did kind of like suddenly go boom. Yes. ready. Yeah. And remember last year, all the uh, dreariness about the uh, 4th of July because 
you know, all the fireworks that uh, yeah, people that always no, go to, they was done. No one, uh, yeah, no one really had any fireworks. Uh, a lot of cookouts didn't happen. A lot of, you know, normal ways that we celebrate Independence Day just didn't take place. Yes, and uh, last year you pretty well had to set your own self on fire. <laughs> to get any excitement out of it. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted some excitement, that was one way to do it. That's one way to do it. I personally, Cliff, I love the uh, fireworks. I mean, I love might be a strong word, but I like the fireworks down in Evansville. How's that? I don't like oh. sitting there for hours at a time in the baking sun trying to get a good seat. <laughs> you're waiting for, you know, things to get dark. Right, and that's we're all we're doing. Down, we're going to go down here in the heat and sit and wait for it to get dark. Yeah, if somebody was interviewing you, it's like, what are you doing? I'm waiting for it to get dark. <laughs> As if I've never done this before in my life, Cliff. Every day, it's I'm waiting for yeah. it to get dark. I yeah. love the the uh, fireworks displays. I hate the smell of the afterwards. You know, after they bing bang in the air. Yeah. And if the wind's just right there, and sometimes yeah. it just kind of like lays on top of you. Yeah. And you can feel gritty stuff falling on you. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of my cooking, Cliff, to be honest with you, the way it <laughs> smells and the grittiness of everything. <laughs> well, I was all excited about the text message I sent you, Cliff, because uh, yeah. I was handed a prize package a few minutes ago yeah. that we'll be giving away tomorrow. And I think oh, maybe okay. that's the way we're going to give away the prize package tomorrow. Okay. We're going to have a little contest here. Okay. Three in a row, right, or four, Cliff? Which one would you like to go with? Well, let's make it three. How's that? Three in a row, right, and you'll yeah. win our prize package that could mm -hmm. include Holiday World tickets and Indiana Beach. There's all kinds of things that could be in there. Perhaps all of that stuff is in there. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I think we'll go with names. Oh, okay. I think we will go with, is this a name of a firework that you can purchase this year since the 4th of July is Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. Or is this a Dollywood roller coaster ride name? <laughs> I think that would work pretty good, Cliff. Yes. Because yeah. there's a lot of similarities there. Well, I mean, yeah. You're right. But if you throw out <laughs> big knockers, that's got to be a roller coaster at Dollywood. <sighs> It's a firework, and it was what I was going to use tomorrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cliff, I was reading uh, while the news was on that there's a group yeah. out that mm -hmm. is releasing $5.1 billion in an effort to eradicate polio in five years. Okay. It's hard for me to believe that, that we are still fighting polio in this day and age. I always thought that that was pretty well gone. But so it, did I. And, but it's not. In some parts of the world... I think yeah. it's one of those things, Cliff, where you have to be reminded every few years that it's, you know, still around. <laughs> it's it's a lot like the Paul Viton of viruses is what I'm thinking it is, Cliff. Yeah, every once in a while, you just, you just need a reminder. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Cliff, I think the debate about UFOs is going to go on and on and on until some little green man actually gets his picture taken by somebody here on Earth. <laughs> With a good camera. With a good and camera. And they're holding it still. They're holding it still, and the guy yes. even has a sign in front of him saying, I'm an alien, take my picture. <laughs> because some yep. reports from the government say they think that there are UFOs that have been spotted mm. by the uh, military, and then other reports say no. So no. I'm going to add the do aliens exist <clears throat> to yeah. other mysteries in life, such as 
what's in Subway's tuna? I'm kind of curious what's in that thing, Cliff. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a tuna fan. I'm not a tuna fan at all. But now yeah. that we don't know exactly, or some people are saying they don't know exactly, I want yeah. one of those sandwiches so bad now, Cliff, I can't stand it. <laughs> Have you ever had one? I've never, I would never I'm, order that ever in my life. But now, no. I'm kind of like dead red on this thing. <laughs> you, you want to go just to see what it what it's like i just want to see what it tastes like that's yeah no i'm, I'm not tuna would not be high on my list of things to order me either so. but now it's you're not intrigued a little bit just what does that taste like no i mean i i, I have like if you get like a tuna steak and you can cook it on the grill okay i'm down for that but make it yeah no, not in a sandwich no all right well it's a mystery yeah. of life i guess especially well. when you know it's dna tested and it's not tuna well <laughs> <laughs> It's time now for Take It to the Bank. Okay. The first digitally downloadable song occurred in 1994. All right. Geffen Records made a big marketing play by offering the song Head First by Aerosmith as a song, the first one to ever be offered exclusively by download. You couldn't get it any other way, Cliff. Head First Aerosmith. Now, this was 1994. And connection speeds were, let's just say, slower than death. I think that's a, a fair statement, yeah, Cliff. I think most everyone in America at that point had uh, dial-up. And so this song yeah. took between an hour and an hour and a half for you to download for free. <laughs> because it was on a WAV file, which takes it a little bit longer. Yeah, it's and, a bigger file. Yep. And after an hour and an hour and a half of waiting and wondering, you got to hear... All three minutes and 14 seconds of that song, Cliff. <laughs> well, all of that, you can take straight to the bank. Cliff, was there anything said today? Indeed, there was. Morning Roadshow Phrases of a Day, Starboard number three. You basically had to set yourself on fire. Number two, take a look in this hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing you don't want to hear the septic sewage guy asking you no and he shouldn't even ask you that to begin with but he was polite cliff the number one morning road show phrase for today i feel a little endangered because of the bears remember they're everywhere there's bears everywhere in southern indiana no there's just one we need a bear alert (laughs) maybe the county could come up with sirens for bears some sirens to set off whenever there's a bear yes I wish they come up with that. Well, Cliff, let's try it tomorrow yeah. if I don't get eaten. All right. Yeah. Yeah. If you make it in from a bear attack, we'll do it tomorrow. All right. Good okay. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.